Good. I mean, Bill, honestly, I'm just here and excited to talk about sports and feel okay about it. Okay. So that's the beginning. Hello, sports fans. And then you just cut it off. Oh, sure. Okay. We'll work on it. We'll put it in post. All right. Hey, it's episode two of the sport ballers. Don't be confused. I know you all want to throw that extra S onto the sport, but it's just one. It's singular sport ballers, not sports ballers, because that's harder to say. Oh, So let's, if we're going to continue to do this and this podcast is going to grow and you know take on the biggest podcast in the land we got to make sure everybody's on board watch out bill simmons we're coming for you <laughs> exactly <laughs> i okay so i know you and i both have a couple things to talk about yeah i'll let you uh kind of steer this but you just introduced me to something that was really oh amazing. yeah no i mean it's it's okay because number one on our agenda we really needed to do a post-mortem on the women's world cup football tournament that happened or as we should be referring to, to just as world cup soccer because at this yeah. point it's the it's the best show in town especially for american so, fans a couple of Quick questions off top. Yeah. What do you think of Bill Simmons' suggestion that the Women's World Cup should be every two years? I don't think I'm in favor of it. I understand. Okay. So his argument is unlike men's football, soccer, where there's a ton going on and you have all these established tournaments, you have these established leagues, you have like basically, you know, something huge happening every year it's better for the world cup to be every four years and in the women's game there's less of that so far hopefully that changes so you could go two years and it still be the most exciting thing out there i still i i just think it is so exciting and you get people so tuned into it now and i don't know do you care as much about the olympics out there every two years even though it's different sports it it seems it yeah, but I I guess to me two twofold. Yeah, I would love to just see America win multiple times all the time. Like this tournament was great, and the closing of the gap between America and the rest of the countries, predominantly the European comp- countries that are now starting to invest in women's soccer, yeah, at a much higher rate than previous. Yeah. Anything that puts that on TV is fantastic, and it's so much fun to watch these games. I was that U.S. versus France game. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, I like the greater. I, more visibility, whatever it takes to get more people in the stands. Sarah and I are going to be going to some Orlando Pride games here. But, you know, everything just to get more of that, I'm into. Yeah. But then also to be introduced to the cast of characters that's on this team. And case in point, the Victory Celebration Instagram feed of was Ashlyn Harris. Yeah. I mean, one of the, the some of the coolest videos. <laughs> what's great about it is they're just getting to be normal people that are Victory Celebration. I'm sure they're going to get... Um, knocked because people are like, oh, this isn't how you're supposed to act. And it's like w- every other men's team does the same types of videos and we embrace well, I, it. I mean, like when I what's his the, name won the Stanley Cup finally, he went on like a t- seven month bender, the guy for the Capitals. Yeah. Yeah. Ovechkin. 
But what concerned. what I like about that the the double standard there is I saw a lot of that criticism and it was like that you know well there was some it was like well this should be a private you know celebration they don't need to they shouldn't have it out in the open I'm like oh screw that it was awesome to watch they're hilarious and then it was like I saw that with my young daughter that's always the thing it's always yeah. let's pull the kids in and to hear that kind of language and I'm like well what am I supposed to tell my young daughter I, yeah I don't know, I'm like parent, if, figure it how, out <laughs> like first of all I want to know what abusive relationship you have you with your child that they are so sheltered that they have never heard that language because 2019 it's pretty much everywhere so, and second second point is they obviously are not a hockey fan because yeah. <laughs> because we already saw that St. Louis could not get through even the most formal interviews without dropping at least three F-bombs per, per yeah, person. You're absolutely right. But uh, so one of the things that I just loved about this team was the player Rose Lavelle. Yeah. The awkward, like, like her story of kind of being what was she was an amateur just like three years ago playing in like third division, like the college, basically college soccer, and then also playing on an amateur team in Washington state. And now she's like arguably the most important player on that team to keep the glue together. But she's so awkward. It's awesome. Like the knee high, so like the socks pulled up over the knees. And then Megan Rapinoe, like the pal polished, like machine that Megan Rapinoe is. Like she has her, Megan has her like victory celebration of like the arms in the air, right? It was yep. like beautiful. It looks great. Totally my Twitter uh, um, page feed uh, picture right now. But Rose Lavelle comes over with like the Vince McMahon, like power walk, like just lanky and just awkward the whole time. And then you just shared with me a video of. <laughs> Roosevelt juggling a soccer ball to the Eurythmics. Um, when she was 11 video, years old. Which is amazing. When she was 11 years old. I just, uh, yeah. Um, she's so awkward. It's great. I Like, she's the star we need in this country. It's awesome. I, I First, just so, you know, you don't get your um, uh, slow ride uh, podcast uh, people after you. I believe it is Rapino. Very, very true. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to Thank save you. you from that. <laughs> yes. No, and 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 I think that uh even the even the stuff, you know, with the with the twerking and with everything else after the after the game and I was sort of moved away from that. I just wanted to just leave this one lasting thought. Put all of that up against Rob Gronkowski. Oh yeah. <laughs> and ever anything he's ever done. But I oh I had so much fun watching that team. I, I would love to have this type of concentration of America focus, you know, or yeah. like collective zeitgeist of watching the women's soccer team every two years. It'd be fantastic. We do have the She Believes Cup, which is like every, I think, three years, the other tournament that kind of comes well, won't through. Well, won't you have the Olympics so, every other, yeah, you, within there? No, you're, you're right. We do have the Olympics, and that, that's a little bit different in the women's game than the men's game because the men's Olympics tournament is always U23 players, and you're allowed to have three overaged players yeah. to play the Olympics, whereas the women's, you can have that team. That, that's very true. So you do have that kind of um, tournament. But I just have, uh, I had so much fun watching it. I loved every second of it. And then all of like the the English tabloids starting to get involved of just like, which almost brings more validity to the sport on like the tea drinking celebration. Brilliant. Yeah. It was like, those are the things that we need to grow the sport. And oh man, it was so awesome. I think that, that the other my other argument <clears throat> for the you know a couple things back to the the two year versus four years just the, my last thought on that is 
that I, I want the U.S. women's game and the world women's game to be at a point where having it every two years would be a disruption. Like their leagues were still playing without them now. And I, and yeah. we see it like you see it in the men's game completely. And there's, especially when it comes to who's going to make the team. And it's something that even in, in uh world cup mountain biking, and we're seeing it this year, it always kind of screws with the dynamic of the race because it's, it's, the making the Olympics in that case is more important than what you're doing for your trade team. Yeah. You know, and that, that kind of stuff. So I understand now if there's no other show in town, but my hope is that what I would more like to see is, is more focus on building up women's soccer, especially in the U S get it to and past the, uh, the, the MSL level. And I think that we are at the generation, you know, of kids who are now adults that that would support that and they no longer look we're already seeing well, our traditional ball and stick sports that are starting to to fall off a little bit you know it may i know we've been saying this for half a century now but maybe this is the time that that up and coming well, u.s teams, fans who can afford tickets are, are going to be able well, to succeed yeah there's teams in the women's league that are crushing it right now right like the portland thorns are mm. almost selling out every game um i think they're averaging over 15,000. so you've got a lot of that um portland or orlando's kind of struggling a little but i would hope that the uh what about a barn helps- what about a barnstorming tour yeah well there you go oh that'd be great like a throwback to the yeah the old have the have the baseball. national team go around and basically beat up on all of the uh <laughs> all of the local uh you know yeah. franchises I think that would be great. I'm just, oh, I'm so into this. Uh, oh, good for them. But that wasn't the only uh, thing that has struck our fancy in the world of uh, sports that uh, I did, was I couldn't wait to talk to you about. Yeah, well, we have a couple of things out there. Uh, the NBA, of course, is something that we could get into the weeds and stay there, I, I believe, for the next three hours, which we're not going to do. One of the things that kind of caught my attention... And I don't know if you were able to see any of it. Was was the rise of Corey Coco Goff in on in the uh, in Wimbledon? I've, in passing, uh, obviously, the big thing I noticed was the the victory over Venus, and then like the the hug at the net, and then the post match interviews, and then that kind of brought um, her onto my into my conscience that yeah. of her skills. And then obviously, I was starting to watch like more. You know, not watching all the matches live, but catching it when it was on TV and passing when I was traveling to uh, see kind of how she was doing. But uh, I, I, I did see a lot of uh, gifts of her mom celebrating in the crowd with her, uh, with, uh, <laughs> yeah, and Coco's dad, and that was awesome. Yes, and she, what, what I think more than that, what sort of captured me was this is a fifteen-year-old woman who was on center stage in Wimbledon in the third round, uh, lost the first set, was losing the second set, and and had a match point against her. So basically was a serve away from going home and dug in, in, in under one of the highest pressure situations you can have in sports. I mean, it's a solo sport. There's only one person that can screw up and that's you, you know, you don't have yeah. teammates to lean on. You don't have anything. And, and she, she, uh, uh, 
was able to to win that game, fight back from I believe two match points, go into the next set close. It's not like her opponent, um, yeah, fell apart. You know, they played a hard third set, and she came away and and won the match. I will say, and I'm sorry, I can't, I, I forget. But unfortunately, who... she ended up losing too, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah, she, she ended did. Up, like in the straight sets, but it's kind of like the you know the old tour adage, like sometimes it's okay to go out a little early and get the game, the experience. Um, maybe that's the key here, but. I was, I was uh, more thrilled also by like her, her father is an accomplished, uh, you know, college basketball player, uh, and then, you know, to go into tennis and to see like what she was able to accomplish so quickly um, and so young, but then Venus was you know growing up when I got my Sports Illustrated for kids, I remember having Venus on the cover of that on I think a couple issues, and then you know Serena came in and now you know to have. Like it's women's tennis in America is like it's the future is so bright and so fantastic, and then the men's tennis you're like, oh man, what's going on here? And here in Orlando is the big USTA like national tennis center, where they yeah. um, now have the the residential trainings and all of that. And you know you're so it's kind of more in our conscious here, but um, yeah, it's, it's always fun to watch. Do you in tennis? Do you like is Wimbledon your favorite? Like for me, I love watching U.S. Open. Hardcore, fast. I just love the crowd. It's like that New York style crowd. Is there something one of the Grand Slams you like the best? I I enjoyed. I, I mean, I grew up watching tennis, and I enjoyed Wimbledon uh, more on the women's side. I think the men's side is boring as hell for Wimbledon because it's yeah. way too fast, and it's just a servers game. Um, and there's no there there's really no strategy to it. That's that's kind of why I would probably prefer yeah u.s open is good but even the french is great because it's such a it's such a game of strategy and it's such a game of endurance uh which i i really enjoy but going going back just to 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 coco for for one second here's my bigger question for you having watched tennis in the past and this 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 actually gets into the nba as well uh is is um the science and the pitfalls of comps. So the comp that you hear for Coco Goff over and over is Serena. Yeah. Or Venus, who are two completely different players. The only thing that they have in common with Coco is they're all black. Yes, for sure. When I saw her play, and especially in that that game, I'd say Monica Sellis would be a closer oh. a closer comp for me. There was a someone who won a Grand Slam at I think sixteen years old. It was the French Open, had ice in her veins, was able to come to the net some, but not. But just being able to set in there and just that focus that she had that's that's what it reminded me of. You know, okay. the, the 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 vocalization aside, and just just to to what I mean about the NBA is where you always see, and it's kind of funny because it's, it's a complete 180 on what was happening here. Oh, the other thing is I think that the families, the, the golf family and the Richard um, family are completely different. Oh, totally polar. You know, like that's something I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and to see that, that was sort of an odd, like always compare. I like the Monica Sellis uh, comp a lot better than like saying what Jennifer Capriardi, right? Like, yeah, Capriardi. Yeah. Yeah. The young uh, 
teenage upstart that then just falls into um you know not playing as well yeah Where's we Monica Sellis, like she came back after the you know the stabbing that happened i mean who like we i forgot about that until you said monica Sellis's name like if that would have happened today you know like in the 24 hour news cycle that we have nowadays i i mean my mind would be completely blown on the coverage that that type of incident would have versus where it was you know those years ago yeah for those who don't know the story monica sellis and steffi graf were two huge rivals a german deranged fan of graf like ran on to the court and stabbed During a break stabbed monica sellis like with yeah. a knife it, yeah and yeah uh which just insane and the the crazy thing though is that we sit there and think well that couldn't happen today uh, I, I, I don't see why well, not. Security hasn't changed. I mean, we already have, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's, the, there was a story that was just talked about in, in major league baseball because I, I forget the player, but you know, there was, uh, like different women were like running out onto, into the outfield and, and giving him kisses during the, during, <laughs> during the game. And, and people were like, oh, well, it's cute. Well, it's like, yeah, it's cute until, you know, it's somebody with with a, a different intent and, and yeah. it really shouldn't happen the security teams for whoever that franchise is shouldn't allow it to happen but back back to back to my 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 comp comparison what i always laugh at for the nba comps which is a huge thing and it's what we're going through now you do it through the draft hours who does this person remind you that's a comps yeah, yeah. comparisons who who does this you know if we're going to take uh zion uh, who does Zion remind you of? What kind of player is he? A Carl Malone? Is he a Michael Jordan? Who is he? You know, yeah. and they do all these comps. And you get to the white guys, and it can be big. Oh, <laughs> it can be a big. It can be a guard. It doesn't matter. The comp has to be to another NBA white guy. Yeah, yeah. Without exception. Like, you never see There's these There's a lot of John or, Stockson's, Larry Bird's, yeah. and Kevin McHale's. Which I know, <laughs> yeah. like, Steph Curry is throwing, like, this whole, you know, just because you're always thinking, you're like, is, if, if J.J. Redick had come out, you know, today, would he be, like, a Steph Curry comp? Yeah. That's a good point. I don't even, I guess I don't even think about that as I'm, like, rediscovering my love for basketball right yeah. now, right? Like, the, building that up, but I... I think that's a good point that you bring up, you know, instantly. It's also, you know, there's like the classic American white guy basketball player. Right. Right. Which is no then, longer true with the European players. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So then you have the European guys and like, do people even consider, you know, like there's this whole other level of like, what is the the white basketball player that you start to see? Because then people are like immediately just start to compare the European to the other European. Like, which one of them is, reminds you of Sabonis? Which, which, <laughs> you know, now, like, which now, and it's something that I love about, the NBA today and how the game has changed so much and they're really it's really positionless basketball is that you can't be a big in the NBA anymore unless you got a little bit of that European flair. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have That's... to be able to, you know, um, Giannis has to be able to bring the ball up the court. He has to be able to hit a three here and there or else the defense is, you know, going to That's... not be honest. Episode one, I have so much fun now watching because of the positionless basketball, but then also... Kind of a lot less of this uh, post-up play, like, oh, we're just going to post the guy down low and throw it to, you know, Patrick Ewan, who's just going to muscle it into the basket. Like, now, there's so much here. And then, you have this second silly season of NBA, which is, like, just as awesome that I love... 
I know the salary, like we talk about player impairment error and like there's this, the salary cap in the NBA, which has a lot of rules. I don't always understand how they work, but what it does is it means that there's some great player movement. There's, there's trading of draft picks. I would love this so much for professional cycling. If they had like some kind of salary cap like this, so we could start playing the, the old hot stove, like, Ooh, who's going to go to uh, lotto Yumbo. They still have 70, 17 million in their uh, cap space. Are they going to be bringing over, uh, you know, Tom Skunes yeah. to, uh, and you're <laughs> just like, there's so much there. And then in the NBA, like uh, Kawhi with picking the LA Clippers in a, seismic change in the nba the most brilliant move i've i have so much respect for this guy now because a screwed over the lakers and to a lesser extent the um, raptors but what he did to orchestrate the trade for paul george was basically leverage the entire future of what two franchises on his desires for two years of just pure glory in la well, it's and, awesome. And the and the thing, you know, people are talking about him being the biggest power broker in the NBA right now. You know, I I, I and it's the obvious joke was uh, comparing him to Kaiser Soze, which somebody uh, I saw recently um, to, to sort of punched up. That's a comparative of that I that I like though. That's yeah, hilarious. well, somebody punched it up where it's Kawhi Soze, which makes much, uh, much nice. which is much better. Um, he does kind of have the limp because, you know, he's got a lot of games on him. So, like, at the end (laughs) of the playoffs, he kind of had the... (laughs) He should have walked off of Game 7 and all of a sudden been, like, you know, walking perfectly. Just dragged the leg. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Great. The thing thing about it is, though, like, at the the core of Kawhi Leonard's genius and something that I think that Kevin Durant and, obviously, LeBron James and a lot of these other players could maybe learn from things something from is that his genius was he stayed quiet he didn't oh, was, say anything yeah. nobody knew what he was going to do that's all it took in the nba to be a genius was to not go so, on instagram to not, not even go that. on to twitter to not tell your aunt to not have your 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 tv show on on hbo or espn where the boardroom whatever it was yeah. and talk about what so, you were going to do he said nothing so well that is so awesome and brilliant and i'm happy you bring this up because there's there's the character of the uncle dennis like which is basically his agent that kind of was the only official voice of what's happening and he kept it low like i the Kawhi to me is an enigma that i love every single part of like and you people are trying to read the tea leaves like oh well he bought a house in san diego where he went to college at san diego state and then they're like oh well he's you know, maybe he wants to go there and then, oh, he's definitely going to be the Lakers because the Clippers can't bring him a second, like, good player to join the league. And then he's like, hey, Paul George, I want you on my team. And now the dominoes are falling at a much later rate that all of a sudden the really good free agents were gobbled up almost immediately that there's other teams now that are scrambling to find things. And I just I love every moment of this that I'm talking more about the NBA right now when there's no games on. Then during the kind of that second round of the playoffs where I'm just like, oh, can this just get over already? Like, I want the final so it can be done. Yeah, there, I think there's a report out now that he never even met with the Lakers in person. <laughs> <laughs> he just strung them did, along the whole time. And so until, think, until, until all of the other free agents were signed, so they were a, a weaker team. I mean, that's just... That's just do you some think he was laughing hearted. and doing the Kawhi laugh during all oh, of yeah. this when he was watching the... I mean... The amount of media prognosticators and journalists that had no clue where he was going and the orchestration of this Paul George trade 
blows my mind. Yeah. Um, I did see that nice uh, article where um, he also like reached out to Kevin Durant to see if like Kevin Durant wanted to go somewhere with him. And Durant was like blown away that Kawhi was reaching out and like was honored that like, you know, that he wanted to have that conversation. That was pretty cool. I, my favorite thing about this whole move is that we don't have a super team right now in the NBA, right? Like you have maybe six, seven teams that are clearly kind of your A-leaguers that you're like, wow, that's going to be some good basketball team. That includes the Jazz, the Warriors, who pretty much retooled. I mean, they did a good job. They got out of this okay. The Nets, and then you, I mean, but the Nets are still like a year off. But then Boston's going to be good. They got Kemba. And Philly? I mean, there's some good teams Philly's here. a mess. Philly's a mess. They got the, the team that, as much as, you know, they were the darlings for a day, and then they became the laughing stock again, but... I think that in the end, the Lakers actually came out of this okay. I mean, they picked up Boogie, which was a huge, yeah. huge uh, pickup for them. The one, the one thing where I think that the, the Clippers still have the advantage over them, and where you know you you see like Kawhi talking to Durant, and you look at that and you go, "Well, that's going to work." And that's that's something again that I love about how Kawhi plays the game is that he wants to win. He doesn't have to be the man. Exactly. That's, you know, and it wasn't like Kevin Durant. That is whole Kevin Durant's thing that's in his head, it seems like, is that he didn't get the respect in Golden State, but he, even being the, you know, two-time finals MVP and 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 winning yeah. winning trophies there. That he was field, Steph's team. He yeah. field, still didn't feel like it was his team. I think if, if you said, oh, you know what? The Raptors, that was Fred Van Vliet's team. Kawhi would have been like, yeah, it was. Good for him. Well, no, then he'd laugh. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> there's just, oh, there's so much. And then looking around the league, I just, so as a Timberwolves fan, I was getting excited because we got this new general manager and mm. he's known as a wheeler dealer and like really kind of a forward thinker. He worked under Daryl Murray in Houston and was super so they went all in on getting D'Angelo Russell. They got him in a helicopter to like do the old fashioned <laughs> like free agent like PowerPoint, like really convince this guy. And the last minute, Golden State comes in and swoops him away. And it like was that dose of reality that all Minnesota fans needed that like, yeah, you're not a player in this league. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to do it creatively and build up. And it's similar to Orlando here where Orlando is going to have to just build you know, slowly over time, kind of like how the Utah Jazz have done it, and then eventually just make the splash that's going to get you over the top. Um, but I will say that during this free agency period, Sarah and I got super, like, or I got jazzed, and then I convinced Sarah that uh, we got ourselves some uh, a 10-game pack for the Magic. Awesome. Like a, a weekender series. So, like, I'm stoked. I'm, like, going to go to 10 NBA games. I'm, like, I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, I may have to go to some Wizards games just to see some of these other teams in the league. Well, th- but then you think about the teams like the Wizards who have this like albatross of a contract for John oh, Wall yeah. and how do they get out of it? And it's like my favorite thing to talk about because you're just once you start looking at the numbers and you start seeing what these players are now, I just all the money for a lot of these players <clears throat> can be made outside of the league, right? With, you know, the top level ones are going to be able to, you know, leverage you know, shoe deals, advertising ownership stakes. I mean, there's, there's some, a lot of things for the top, top players, but the, uh, kind of that mid range player is just, you know, they're, they're enjoying the ride. I'm sure. Oh yeah. They, they were, def- yeah, there was some guy who, uh, I have to go back and look at it. They were talking about like the big winner, um, who has been 
on like two championship teams on the bench and now is going to make like $17 million next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, so when's the hangover? And like, that's the best part, right? In three years, we're all going to be looking at these contracts going like, wait, why did we pay that person this much money that ties up my contract, the, the salary cap room for so long? Um, I don't know. I just, I'm ready. It'd be great. I think, I do think that you and I need to go convince Spencer that we need a league pass. I agree with yes. you there. Yes. Share the login or whatever and just go to town on uh, watching NBA games. I will also say that I've become such a fan. I know I said this in episode one, but like the rule changes in the NBA now to make it more of a free-flowing game. Yeah, It's a lot less of that, like give both teams 100 and put two minutes on the clock and arbitrarily you know, dish out fouls. Like, yeah, there's still some of that, but... It's way more tactical and exciting seeing the uh, three-point pull-ups instead of the the, the, lay, the layups on the the fast breaks. Is oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, but back to this back to this free agency. A, a couple a couple things we have to have to touch on here. First off, now that Oklahoma City has basically lost all of its stars, you know, over the last yeah, couple of years, from Durant to Harden to. Um, yeah, it's it, like and Westbrook's going away. George, yeah. So the, the only one left, eleven years with Oklahoma, is is uh, is Westbrook, and now he's kind of open to uh, trade. And I know you thought maybe possibly Minnesota could uh. do that, which I don't think would be a good idea. But it looks like I'll bet that he ends up on the Heat. What Oklahoma City got for Paul George was insane. The amount of picks that they wasn't it like first seven round first round picks. Yeah, and now if they unload Westbrook, they're going to get even more picks. This is a team that has m- bigger budget constraints than any other franchise out there. They're they're almost like the 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 Athletics. Like Billy Bean's going to have to come in there and try to figure out what to do. Yeah, but for me right now, I'm like, great, you have all these picks. They're, they they. Oklahoma City is turning into the Star Wars nerds of the NBA in that they are buying all of the figurines and they're <laughs> keeping them in the packaging and they're not allowed to open up the lightsabers or the Boba Fett toys or anything else because they are of such great value that they can never use them and they just have these picks just lined up. Look at what we've done. We're the best team on paper there's ever been. We have 18 first-round picks for the next two decades. It's like... What What's, are they going to do with it? What's going to happen? Are they actually ever going to turn that into a yes. winning team? It's it's going to be brilliant for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> One is they got a lot of the picks for that like 2022 draft, which is when the high schoolers get to come out first. So like they can really now they might, you know, there might be a Kwame uh, Brown or whoever the uh yeah, oh, the geez. Wizards took in yeah. uh, round one. Uh, you know, some some real uh, failed bus in there, but I mean, come on, you could have some uh Orlando or Oklahoma City is going to end up being a real kingmaker in this league. And the best part is they know what they are as a as a market. Their GM seems brilliant. It's kind of like the Pelicans. Like the Pelicans yeah. won the Zion sweepstakes. They got a haul for Anthony Davis. In three years, they're going to be a dynamite team, and they're going to have maybe a Golden State-esque run for maybe three or four years. And then they'll retool. Like yeah. they, they they know they're never going to be the you know the Lakers that are on national TV every night. So Oklahoma City, one thing I guess you're right in that, and that they will have what they will have is they'll they'll have to try to win with a rookie team because that's that's how they can do it, and that's yeah. what they can afford during those rookie contracts. But you brought up Zion, and I want to touch on him for a second. He played 
Uh, nine minutes of the earthquake game during the summer league had knee-to-knee contact, and now the Pelicans have decided to basically put him on the shelf. He's not going to play any more summer league games. We're assuming he'll make the squad, even though he yeah. doesn't have well, that. But here's yeah. here's my question for you. Since that has happened, the criticism of Zion as a player and how he will perform in the NBA, this is great. This is what happened. This is the, the whole idle hands thing. It seems to me just following that he's gone from the next LeBron to he may be out of the league in a year because he was completely overrated. Oh, man. I love it. Like, right? Because, like, we know that's not going to happen. And we. The fact that the NBA, and this was pointed out um, to us, that the NBA has been able to turn the summer league, like sea level pickup, like <sighs> the D league gone. This this Vegas summer league, like, dude. I mean, w- let's get into the wide angle coffers and 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 take a, take an official let's, business trip to the summer league because that it's I, been awesome. Well, I was watching like so Mo Bamba, who's like the rookie from last year that only played twenty games for the Orlando Magic. He played nineteen minutes and they shelved him because he complained of general soreness. And it's similar to like the Bamba. So right now, the, you know, the locals here in media market is like, oh, is, is Mo Bamba a bust? And this is why we re-signed Vucevic. And they're just like, they don't understand the, it's idle hands. Um, yeah. and, now, but on Zion, the other, other though, hand, you have, and I'm sorry, you got to look because I don't know if Did you see the nine minutes yet? that Zion played? Sorry. Let me just like, yeah, well, they were the ball. They were so good. The, he ripped the ball out of the guy's hand, <laughs> threw it down. Nuts. Yeah. That guy is going to be fine. Yeah. Taco <laughs> fall. Have you seen Taco Fall? Oh, I've seen him out in. <laughs> oh, I've seen him Florida, out in so, Orlando. Okay. Like, yeah. So you know he is. I read a stat because he's seven foot seven. Seven six officially. Seven six. He has yeah. the widest wingspan in the history of the NBA. Beats beats Mo Bamba. He doesn't he, jump to dunk the ball. Yes, but he, what's crazy about him? Well, a couple two things about him. I was a little surprised that he went completely undrafted. Yes. Right. For what he was able to do to Zion Williams in the. Um, March Madness. Like, remember, UCF almost beat Duke, except for like an amazing last second shot by, I believe, RJ Barrett of now the Knicks. But the, you know, Taco Fall was a reason of that because of his shot blocking abilities. What's crazy about he is one of like the 50th tallest humans in the history of the world. Yeah. And I think that that's like such a weird thing to think about these guys. Go check out his, uh, I think, um, USA Today for the win. FTW has has a story on him with some interview clips on there. I I, I, I fell in love with him when I when I heard his interviews because they were basically like, "Did you feel, you know, slighted by not getting drafted?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I'm obviously disappointed." And he's, and, and the the next thing, and this is why I love the summer league because this is what it's for. Uh, a reporter, she was like, "Well, what do you need to do? What are you here to do to show teams that yeah. they they should sign you?" And he said, "I need to show them that I'm a big who can move. Um, there are not a lot of the 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 the, the um, hit on people my size are always that we can't run the floor, that we can't move. Yeah. I can do that, or the That's injury liability or something. Yeah, yeah, during this during this summer league, and he's." done it already and you know he's not going to be have to sign him he's not right? he's not going to be playing 35 minutes a game 40 minutes a game but you get this guy and you can get him in there for 15 20 Bobich, minutes a game they give bobich in philadelphia guaranteed 10 minutes every game like i taco Bo, fall was, sell tickets. was playing was still playing for the for the warriors this year yeah, yeah i mean get in like, there and give him good minutes and this guy's better why I would mean, you not I think take, at this point 
I, I I think you I think if you get this guy, especially on a on a minimum league minimum, and it's a rookie con- contract, ugh, why wouldn't you? Well, why wouldn't you? And I mean, well, so right now he's with the Celtics in the summer league. Yeah. It, he'll play for them. I mean, and he'll get his ten minutes here and there. Like right, he'll be a good like what second or third center for these teams. That can I, just I think he's going to be a guy who doesn't minutes. start the season maybe in the NBA and hopefully gets a shot somewhere along the line. Oh, I hope. Oh, yeah, okay. I I hope he does. He's so much fun to watch, though. Just he's a he's he a he's a crowd draw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm I'm ready. I'm gonna be watching some more summer league. But um, did you see? I the know th- that you did- are uh, in the process of uh, going out on a little uh, trip. So yeah, I'll have to be watching all the sports for you. What do you are you gonna be able to watch anything on your trip? I don't know. Heading to China. Not really sure what to expect. Gonna be there for a couple of weeks. Really looking forward right, to the do trip. Me a favor. It's going to be fun. Uh, how I, many Yao leave, Ming I'm, jerseys are you going to see? Oh, my God. I, I hope many. I, and how many of them are the throwback pinstripe Houston Rockets throwback jersey? I'm just, with I'm like just the going there to, to walk, walk the streets and see if I can uh, buy any uh, Jeremy Powers Rafa kits. Um, oh, that, <laughs> that'd be good. <laughs> I want to know. I need, you need to give me an update if you see a Yao Ming jersey in the wild. Okay, I will. I will take pictures. Uh, I am going to leave you with this to, to mull over for... For the next couple of weeks, LeBron James, the Lakers are are reporting will be starting at point guard next year. How long does that work? Oh wow! <laughs> the, I mean, he could probably make it happen though. He's, yeah, yeah. You know, the number two greatest of all time. So, what are you uh, what are you moving on to now? What's what's what have you been uh, following? What's uh, what's on tap? So this is a great time. Are you waking, up, are you waking up at one AM like Tiger Woods to make sure that you're ready to go for the sports day? No, you know, July it is the tour time. I mean tour yes. is like what I'm watching and baseball's in a lull with the all star game and I don't really care about baseball until like September when the pennant race starts to heat up and you get that that first uh first first round game where there's like the two wild card teams play it out to see who makes it into the series. Like I enjoy that. Um but I yeah, right now it's kind of a Wait and see. I have not been following NHL free uh, free agency at all because I've been so consumed by the intricacies of the NBA. And I think it's just because the smaller team size. So you end up, you know, like every team has a good player. Like most NBA fans can tell you who's the good player on each team. And I like that. And there's only like maybe 11 other teammates, whereas the NF or NHL outside of the top four or five, you know, players, I just kind of like, well, all right, I don't know who's on what team. And there's no... Not that there's any loyalty in any league, but there's such interchangeable parts that you can get. You can have yeah. a guy who gets you to the playoffs, and they'll trade him or waive him, or you not know, yeah. bring him onto the. T- you know, it's like so crazy just how that that whole. It's it's much harder to sort of be invested in some of I, these guys because they just sort of disappear. Yeah, I do like the ones that embrace what they bring to the franchises. So like seeing PK Subban go from uh, Nashville to the New Jersey Devils and where the Devils just had the number one draft pick in the NHL and took um, the defenseman, uh, Hughes. So now like they, he has a guy to like learn behind. And PK Subban is one of those NHL characters we need more of. Like, so he instantly changed his Twitter avatar to him dressed up as a devil, which was awesome. Like it just, it was just good. And like, he had a great video to uh, the fans in, um, Nashville, like thanking him, but then he was like, "All right, New Jersey, let's get this done." Like he's he was ready yeah. to go right away, and I love that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the one last thing we didn't talk about, uh, going back to you're talking about free agency and more into the NBA, which is kind of laughable, uh, is that the the commissioner of the NBA 
uh, Adam Silver uh, has come out and said that that um, they, they, they there needs to be enforceable free agency rules in the NBA, which I don't know how you feel. I am a hundred percent against that. I mean, we already learned that tampering is just oh. just even remove it. It shouldn't even be a word anymore because it's just how business is done. And I think that the that what the underlying thread of the more enforceable, uh, free agency rules is Adam Silver trying to pull back some of the power from the players, the player empowerment, you know, you, what realm that we're going through now and bringing, giving the ownership a little bit more leeway and things. And I'm like, the hell with that. Let's 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 have less. Let's let's, let's just drop the whole tampering yeah. thing. Let people recruit. I want do middle that of the season drama. We have it in the Tour de France. It's great. We already know like what teams are going to be losing their sponsorship before it's announced in the tour, and I love it because then you're, there's the internal team driver. Like, oh, does uh, Bernal even really want to be on this team? Because I heard he's going to be signing to you know X or whatever. Like Movistar has um, Carapaz now, and he might go to you know Ineos, and then there's that internal drama. I love it. And this may be Silver's worst idea. His best idea, though, is the midseason tournament. And I really hope that that takes off because then you could have two different like mini tournaments during the year while there's the regular season. And it just gives me more basketball content, which is what I'm, for some reason, craving. Yes. Tim. So. Awesome. We should uh, we should head out, but before we do, the one thing that I'm looking forward to on my trip to China, especially since I'll be you know doing a huge flip flop of time zones and and sleep's going to be all oh, yeah. screwed up, and I really <laughs> don't know where what's going to be going on. But I'll be doing a lot of hiking, a lot of walking around, but just completely different sort of lifestyle that I am now. I'm really really interested to see how my Whoop uh, band react to that it's, yeah, it's going to be a really cool test for, for you might Whoop. have some red circles in those first uh, couple days yeah trying to adjust to the uh, sleep i will be interested to see how this works because it's so easy to use to monitor the sleep and your stress le- or your strain level yeah so. the strain and that's the thing and it's really it's kind of interesting like i know that i'm like sort of getting ready for this trip and got and trying to fig- figure everything else and stress levels and all that which you know affects your heart rate so i didn't even i did this great stint where i was like riding my bike every day but like and and running for, like, for the last two days really haven't done anything yet my hrv is sort of this complicated um algorithm that they have that figures out when you can you know put out the most strain or when you should recover i'm in the red and i haven't done anything but it's just a basis of you know looking at my resting heart rate looking at all these other things and saying all right why don't you take another day just to chill out and then you'll be ready to to go hard so that's that's what i'm loving about this whoop it's it's a it's nice i you know i'm I'm the dork now i got you know apple on one and and whoop on the other for my wrist which is perfectly fine it doesn't bother me it's something that you all should get if you go to whoop.com what should we use Let's use CX hairs. Yeah, let's use CX hairs for sure. Um, And I do just want to add on. So use the CX hairs code when you're there to save 15% on their their subscription service to Monder. Um, You get the free band, right? You get the 3.0 band. It looks good. But I do want to say that I got a a text message from a friend of the pod, uh, Graham Partain here in Orlando, and he, he just sent over... 68% 68% sleep performance the other night. Only, uh, you know, he only got 68% of what was uh, recommended. And then, but it was super easy to use. And he's like, man, I need to get some more sleep. But it's been fun to see the data as he started whooping, as he called it. So whoop along with us all. I'm pretty stoked on it. 
to be able to monitor our sleep and uh, kind of the strain. It's, it, I mean, it is beyond sleep too, but it does, you know, keep track of all these things. And Bill, the uh, feedback that you give when you're flying across the uh, the continent will be uh, interesting yeah, to see. This is going to be a good one. Uh, also, uh, thanks for tuning in to this show. Please go to WideAnglePodium.com. Check out all of the other shows that we have on offer. A uh, really, really, really good episode of the Slow Ride podcast just went up. You can learn all about how to make your bike into a prototype bike. And uh, sleeves. We talked about the sleeves of the downhill champions, and it was <laughs> inspiring. And, Bill, we were stoked to have you come on board at the last minute. Yeah, no, that was fun. But, uh, yeah, check everything else that go- that's going on at WideAnglePodium.com. Think about becoming a member. We would love to have everybody signed up. Uh, please, if you like Park Spin, go, go to the Park Spin on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Leave a... Leave a rating. If you want to get in touch with us, best place to do that would be feedback at cxhairs.com. Tim, I will miss our chats, but I look forward to uh, getting uh, getting back into it. Sports will continue on without us. Yes. Sport ballers later on. 